0: Hey everybody thank you for tuning in to the ladies promoting transparent advocacy podcast i am your podcast host shay pate i know if some of your regular listeners you will notice that on monday you did not get a notification of a podcast episode and as i mentioned on friday every monday through may 1st i will not be doing episodes i'm just trying to take a temporary break but After May 1st, I will be back on Mondays. So today, for the first time in the month of March, we will be opening up the episodes with Wednesday, Wonderful Women Wednesday. And today, I want to talk about two young ladies, not just one, but two young ladies in uniform. Not only are they very successful And when you hear about their success, you will understand what I mean. But they are two African-American women who will be the first black person, female, at what they have just accomplished. Now, one of the young ladies, I had heard about her a while back. They had started talking about her in September of 2020, and so many other things had kept coming up. I didn't really get a chance to focus on her, so Um, I'm going to talk about her first. She is the youngest, and at 21, and I did say 21, 21 years old. This young lady, her name is Sydney Barber. Sydney Barber will become well. Like I said, I was going to do something on her in uh, last year, but she has become the first. United States Naval Academy's first black woman brigade commander. Now that is a big deal. She's at 21. They call her midshipmate. Excuse me, midshipman first class Sydney Barber will become the first black woman to serve as brigade commander at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. It's the top leadership post for midshipmen. In civilian terms, the equivalent of a study body president, and she is the 16th woman to serve in the position in the 44 years women have been allowed to attend the Naval Academy. Now, she's poised to take over the role as leader of 4,400 midshipmen. Well, it's saying next semester, but this is actually now. It's current because, as I said, I was going to do an article on her when they start talking about it in 2020. uh, You know, she did some interviews, and I want you to listen to the interview that she did with NPR, and that's NPR. You know, she said that uh, all things considered, that there was a time when she had no desire to attend the Naval Academy. She said, I never wanted to join the Navy growing up. And then, of course, she's laughing. She said her father is a graduate of the Naval Academy. Everything, everywhere, anytime was all about Navy, this, Navy, that. (laughs) She wanted to write her own path, but kept returning to her drive for wanting to pursue a career, a service, no matter what she did. She wanted to give back to the world say that's that right there that's pretty powerful you know as she breaks barriers in pursuit of her goal she's aware of what her achievements mean not just in the context of history with lord writ large but also for her personal family history because just a few generations ago her great grandparents now think about that that's not that far removed so her great-grandparents are her parents grandparents so think about how close that that is she was saying that her great-grandparents were sheercroppers on a plantation in mississippi wow she said they would never even picture this moment you know, I want you guys to listen, this young lady, now keep in mind, as I mentioned, she is 21, 21. So she said that she, she also takes to heart and thinks about it pretty much daily as she goes about her day at the academy. Think about that, your grand, your great-grandparents, your, your parents' grandparents. Were sharecroppers. Now you're making history. You know she grew up in Lake Forest, Illinois, and she says she's always had a passion for leading and serving her community. She's quoted as saying, "I always had this dream when I was younger that I wanted to be a missionary and that I wanted to just travel the world and do humanitarian work." See, I I can relate to Sydney because that's what I wanted to do, and you know I hate that I haven't done it. I mean, I'm I'm never too old to do it. But I hate that i never done it. So I'm just so proud of her at 21 to really realize what she wanted to do. You know, she said every single year we would go and we would add a different aspect to the community. One year we built a basketball court for the kids there who were coming from different countries around Africa. Another year we went and we worked on a house that a family was going to move into. And then we also built a community garden. Wow. And you know what? I'm, I'm really, I'm so glad to hear her say these things, especially being so young. I know a lot of my friends know those things we've done, but, she just had it in her to make a difference at a young age and not be selfish. You know, I don't know what generation it is, X, Y, Z, whatever, but she's 21. So she's in a younger generation. And I'm so proud because I hate sometimes when everybody's uh, put in the same category of a generation. And at that age, a lot of people may think that younger people are not as focused on, that type of stuff as they are social media things. And so I'm really proud to say that this young lady, she just wanted to make a difference, you know, and she was saying that her dad is someone who always believed in her early on. And so he will say that he wasn't surprised about what's happening to her. You know, like I said, she's 21 years old. She's a mechanical engineering major and, She's quoted as saying that her daddy started crying, first of all, on the phone just because he was so proud of me and the opportunity that came ahead. Just imagine being her dad. You, I'm already been in the academy, and look, your baby girl. And she's still, she's a grown woman, but she's 21, so she, she, our baby girl. She's the community baby girl. So I just really, really am so proud of her. And like I said, you know, her, her intellect at such a young age is so mature. She says, I realize that with this job, my performance in this role and the way that I lead will kind of set a precedent and set the tone for all the minorities and all the girls who are coming after me. There are a lot of eyes on me right now, and she's right. And it opens the door for them to kind of sense that they can pursue anything They want to do as well. Listen to how mature she is. She's very mature. And I want to play a couple things. Because uh, she was on CBS this morning. And uh, Gail King. It wasn't today. But I'm saying the show. And Gail King did an episode on her. When she was talking about uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. And then having this young lady being a first office. Oppos- I mean, she was just talking about first everything. And I just thought this was just so amazing. And then what I want to do so we can move on and talk about, uh, Lisa, I want to in both, both of these segments with their own voices. So I want you to listen to this amazing 21 year old and see how intelligent she is. And then, um, I want you to listen, like I said, to CBS This Morning and her interview with NPR. But I want to play the interview with NPR first because it kind of lets you hear direct questions so you can actually get to know who this amazing young lady is because, you know, they say it takes a village. And as part of that village, I'm extremely proud of her. So this is uh, Sydney Barber with an interview on, um, with Miss Kelly on NPR, so check it out. Check out this NPR seven minute interview that they had with Sydney Barber, it was very telling, and I want you guys to hear things as I always say in their own voice. So, check out this interview.
1: Oh, uh, we're very happy that you're with us. Tell me, what does a brigade commander do? What's the job description? So, I guess in,
2: if you were to look at it in a civilian sense, the brigade commander is what someone would describe as a student body president. So, I am the sole representative of all 4,400 midshipmen to the commandant and to the superintendent.
1: So, I'm the link between the midshipman body and our senior officership. So, you told me kind of what a brigade commander does. What did do you, Sydney Barber, want to do? Like, how are you going to make this special and make it yours? I feel like I have
2: the heart to do it. My purpose and my objective is to build a team, um, people who appreciate each other, appreciate every single thing that every person has and brings to the table, who are really embracing our, our blended organization and want to pursue a purpose, no matter what that looks like, but are driven towards a shared, short, shared and common goal. Huh. So that's what I want to instill in my staff. That's what I want to instill in the brigade as a whole.
1: I guess first of all, if this whole military thing doesn't work out, please come work with me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would love to. Oh my goodness. That would be amazing. <laughs> we could use you at, at NPR. Um, as I noted, you will be the first black woman in this role. Now the first woman to lead the brigade that came back in 1991. So not that long ago. Um, and back just then in the early nineties, women were prohibited from flying warplanes. I uh, couldn't serve on warships at sea. They I mean, the Navy and the Marine Corps have changed so much. Is, is, is there something? What, what's left that the guys can do that that you are prohibited from doing? Oh, oh my
2: goodness. Um, there probably are things out there that some limitations that still exist. Um, they definitely are. But I I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about all the rest, any restrictions because I feel like we can keep we can keep breaking glass ceilings. This is just one of many. Um, something that I, I've heard recently and uh, that I, I've really liked, and I've, I've said this a lot, is that with every every step that I take, I mean, I leave the ladder down for the next person. Um, and I, I've talked to uh, Miss. Galena. She's been someone that's been a mentor to me. The past week that all of this has um kind of unfolded and the announcement has come about and I've gotten the chance to talk to people like her, um Miss Janie Ms. Galena, Mines, She's first. the one who, who was the first woman back in 91. Yes, yes, no. Miss Galena. Um yes, yeah, so, so she's been she's yeah. been reaching out to me, Miss Janie Mines, who's the, the first African American female graduate of the Naval Academy. Um she's also been I've been speaking to her in depth. Um I got off the phone with uh, and uh, Simone you who, who was the first African-American first captain um, at West Point, actually 30 minutes ago, I was on the phone with um, Dr. Ruben Brigadier. Um, so I've just had a, so many mentors who was also a brigade commander, um, a black brigade commander in, in the past, and so many people who who have inspired me. Who um, are throwing made letters this down to you, it sounds like right and so when i think about this experience i feel like it's special because it's not just about me um it's important that this story circulates for the purpose of the next generation all over the world who can look at this experience um and look at at this story as something that motivates them and inspires them to um to amount to whatever goal that they have in their life when did you know you wanted to join the navy <laughs> I never wanted to join the Navy growing up. <laughs> so no, my so my dad um, he was a graduate from the Naval Academy, class of ninety one. He played basketball here, um, and something that they they say is once a midshipman, always a midshipman, and he. Live by that. Everything, everywhere, anytime was all about Navy this, Navy that. I was tired of it. By the time I was looking at colleges, I was, I was trying to get away from that. Um, I wanted to write my own path, but what I really fostered in my heart is, uh, is just a, a drive for, for wanting to pursue a, a career of service no matter
1: what I did. Um, wanting to give back to the world, pour more into the world than um, than I was getting. The reason we're doing this interview, the reason this is national news, is that you are breaking a big old barrier there in Annapolis. I wonder how how big a deal is it on campus. Do your classmates care? Or are you Sydney Barber, one of them? Uh, you know, <laughs> like, do you think about breaking the barriers as you walk around every
2: day? oh uh, I. I try to keep a level head. Um, I try to stay as grounded as possible. I try to keep a low profile. My friends, my teammates, especially on the track team with me, they kind of laugh because they know who I am. They know that I'm I'm the last one to want my picture taken. Um, I usually, I never post any stories on social media because I just don't usually like to document everything that's going on in my life. And just the shift of the past week, they, they laugh because my face is everywhere (laughs) my picture is everywhere people i also i don't usually like to to talk in front of a lot of people or talk about myself but my mentors have actually helped me with that and um it's great to be humble and, and that's something that i try to be as best as possible but at the same time they're like you know you need to be you need to be confident you need to own this moment um own the fact that you are the brigade commander it took me forever to just say that to say those words because I don't I don't like to flaunt I don't I don't want everyone to anyone to think that I'm any higher than them so I'm gonna try to talk to the person that's taking out my trash or, or sweeping the floor outside my room um, and and make them feel special but at the yeah. same time uh, I need to also step out of that like I need to own this moment
1: to lead the brigade um, with confidence and with boldness. I do look forward to the day when we are not celebrating these firsts when when we're done because it is just not news that that a woman that a black woman could do anything uh, that her male classmates or white classmates could do um but it is also kind of a it's great and it's a big deal and I'm sitting here thinking if your grandmothers or great grandmothers could see you they must be so proud. <laughs>
2: yes um I think about something that I, I shared in in the Founders Day video about how I think about, I'm so humbled by the fact that I get to walk here and be at the Naval Academy and be someone's wildest dream. And uh, when I think about that, in in the context of my own history, my own family, my own ancestry, I think about my great grandparents were sharecroppers on a plantation in Mississippi. My grandmother now lives in Chicago. She was born on that plantation. they would never even picture this moment. This America looks nothing like the, the America that they experienced. Um, and they, they died before they saw anything different. So oh, yeah. I'm, I, I always take that take that to heart and I think about it pretty much daily um, as I go about my day here at the Academy.
1: Well, well, those are words to live by on the moment. Um, congratulations again. It's, um, it's been a real pleasure and an honor to speak to you. Thank you very much.
0: Now, I'm going to tell you something. That to me, I don't usually listen to NPR interviews, but that lady who did this interview on NPR, Miss Kelly, I think her name was Mary Louise Kelly, if I'm not mistaken, she was so respectful. I think that's one of the best interviews I've heard in a long time. So I want to say bravo to Miss Kelly with that interview. And did you hear how mature? this young lady was she's 21 and I'm not saying 21 you're not mature but the interview and the answers and the grace and the humility in her answers and tone and voice I was just so proud of her so bravo bravo to her and she's only 21 so we already know we're going to see her in a whole nother light in a few more years so I know her parents grandparents great grandparents and all those who grew up on that plantation in Mississippi trust me they're looking down on her smiling and proud saying that's our babies Sydney <laughs> so Sydney I really really am proud of you and before we close out this part of the episode about Sydney I want you guys to listen to uh, the episode of CBS this morning when they're talking about about her. And I just think this is just one of many more great things we're going to hear about this young lady.
3: Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is preparing to move to the U.S. Naval Observatory. That's the official home of the vice president. She will be the first female black American and Asian American vice president to ever live there. At the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, there will be another historic first. Midshipman First Class Sydney Barber is her name. She will be the first black woman to serve as a brigade commander in the Academy's 175, 70, 175th year history. Think about that. 175. CBS This Morning Saturday co host, Michelle Miller, spoke with her about her new leadership role. Hooray! Hooray! this spring senior sydney berber will earn her stripes rising to the highest rank at the u.s naval academy brigade commander leader of all 4,500 midshipmen here the first black woman to hold that role i'm extremely humble to play a role in this moment of history for the 21 year old illinois native it's all still a bit
2: overwhelming for A black female to be taking command of an institution that once never had a single female at all here let alone a black person it speaks volumes
3: to how far we've come barbers legacy began with her father lieutenant kenneth barber a 1991 naval academy graduate to mark your name in 175 years of history of the u.s naval academy is uh, quite humbling, and uh, I'm proud that she's going to be part of that long history. A trailblazing history, Barbara becomes only the 16th woman to serve in the top job since the academy went co-ed in 1976. The same year, her mentor, Janie
2: Mines, became the first black woman admitted. Me being here at the Naval Academy is her wildest dream, to be able to to lead in this capacity and i hope that one day i can be someone else's wildest dream you were telling me you almost didn't go out for this yes you're right i almost didn't what pushed you over the edge to push the button my sponsor mom captain tasha lacy she really spoke it into life captain tasha lacy an academy
3: alum couldn't let this opportunity sail by for barber we only go
4: for things that we think is within our grasp. I never thought that I could be the brigade commander. And so consequently didn't apply for that job. And so when I saw Sydney getting ready to go that same route, I'm like, oh, no, ma'am.
2: I feel extremely uh, extremely privileged and, and blessed to, to be a part of that, that history. And uh, I see um, also um, other, other females making history like Pamela Harris and and um and so many others um i i just can't help but smile midshipman first class sydney Barber of lake
4: forest illinois was chosen among 30 candidates as the naval academy's brigade commander the first black woman to hold that position the highest leadership position within the brigade it's similar to being student body president she is the sole
2: representative of all 4,000 midshipmen i carry out the commandant's intent and the superintendents intent Um, And I also um, report to him on all the things that are going on within the brigade. The twenty one year old mechanical
4: engineering major is a busy woman. She was a walk one sprinter of the Navy women's varsity track and field team. She has lettered all three years of competing. Barbara also initiated a STEM outreach program mentoring middle school aged girls of color. She most recently organized a team of more than one hundred eighty midshipmen, faculty and alumni to develop the midshipmen diversity team to promote greater diversity, inclusivity, and
2: equity within the brigade i felt like the, the the type of leader that we needed in a time like this is someone who um, had endless passion and drive and a lot of heart and i knew that that, that was that was me and i i had
4: um, I what it took. Barbara's father attended the Naval Academy and for years she says she had no plans to follow him, but she's glad she changed her mind and she's grateful for those who paved the way. She is the 16th woman to hold the position since the Academy started admitting women in 1976. I know that their
2: experiences um, were, were not as smooth sailing as mine and that they struggled, they, they struggled uh, to assimilate with their peers and they struggled to be accepted. Um, by, by, by both alumni and, and, and the people
4: that they were with every day. Barbara has this message for little girls who hear her
2: story. Don't let anybody tell you that, that you can't do something, and don't tell yourself that you can't do something. The dream things that scare you the most are the ones that are worth taking. Barbara holds the
4: position until May when she graduates. She aspires to commission as a Marine Corps ground officer. Lisa Robinson, WBAL, TV 11 News.
0: Now, see, I wanted to I wanted you all to hear that because, excuse me, I wanted you all to hear that interview because I wanted you to hear different information about her that wasn't in the previous interview. And I always like you to hear their own words. I could have read the whole interview, but I wanted you to hear it in their own words, so that you could see the sincerity in the tone and their voice. Just like talking on the phone, you can get the emotions better than having a text, because I always tell people email and text messages are based on how the person reading it receives it. (laughs) But I just wanted to salute, you know, I'm going to call this episode the women in uniform. I wanted to salute this amazing 21-year-old whose future is extremely bright, so I think we will be hearing more about her in the upcoming years. And now I want to move on to my home state of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. They have made some history again with another woman in uniform at only 39 years old. And I do say only because that's still young. <laughs> this young lady is Philadelphia's fire department's first black female to be the fire battalion chief for the first time. And she is a petite little four foot ten. I know that height. I'm a little taller than her by an inch. But she is four foot ten and only 99 pounds when she entered the Philadelphia Fire Academy in 2003. I am talking about the amazing Lisa Forrest. So we're going to do part two of the Wonderful Women Wednesday with these two amazing African-American young ladies, and they are young, in uniform, being the first black in in specific positions. So that's who we're going to talk about now, Miss Lisa Forrest. Reading about the amazing Lisa Forrest, you know, it says at home she's a proud mom of Ariel, who is 12, and son of Tyson, who is one. She and her partner, Ty, live in Northeast Philly and have a blended family that also includes his two adult children, one of whom wants to become a firefighter. So, look, you can go right in your household and find your stepmom that um, is a legend already As a firefighter and now look at what she has become you know so you know what's better than having a parent as a hero and now wanting to be a firefighter you're going to have a hero who literally lives in your home so that's amazing to me you know it said that with a week to go in the academy when I was looking up this research that she was meeting all requirements when she was tapped on the sh- when she was tapped on the shoulder during training and asked to go to a f- room for male instructors. There, as she stood in parade rest position, <clears throat> excuse me, with her hands behind her back, something she learned during her time in the military, she was told an instructor wrote to the fire commissioner to say he didn't think the department would be safe having a firefighter her size. Now, as I mentioned at the very beginning, she is very, very small. She is only um four foot ten and they said weigh ninety nine pounds. So you see how little she is. But she's not gonna let her statue uh ruin nothing. Because, you know, when she was in the academy, that was in two thousand and three, she faced a lot of scrutiny for them. A- Some of the male cadets and instructors who doubted her ability because she was 4'10 and 99 pounds. Now listen to how tiny she is, but all this legendary that you're about to hear is how big she really is. You know, don't judge a book by its cover, and she's a perfect example of that. So let's just listen to how amazing this woman is.
3: The Philadelphia Fire Department promoting its first black female fire chief, Captain Lisa Forrest
4: of Ladder 24 in West Philadelphia, is now officially a battalion chief. Forrest is the first black woman to hold the title in the department's 149-year history. She said she joined the department after she was discharged from the Army because of an injury. Today, Battalion Chief Forrest was honored along with several of her colleagues.
3: Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I solemnly swear. I solemnly swear that I will well and truly perform, that I will and perform will well and truly perform the duties of my new rank. The duties of my new rank to the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. Wow, what a
4: moment there. Battalion Chief Forrest served as a captain for the fire department for the last seven years, and she's been with the department for 16 years so far.
1: Congratulations to her. Well deserved.
3: In our ongoing justice and understanding series, Philadelphia is set to promote its first black female fire chief next week. Eyewitness News reporter Howard Monroe spoke exclusively with the trailblazing firefighter. It kind of feels weird because I've been a captain for seven years,
4: so to hear Chief, because, you know, people have already started, I'm like, no, that's not me yet.
3: <laughs> not yet, but soon enough, Captain Lisa Forrest of Ladder 24 in West Philly will be Battalion Chief Forrest. She will be the first black woman to hold that title in the
2: department's history. The fire department has been in existence for 149 years, so to hear that is not surprising. And I'm
3: going to be honest, I didn't think that I would be the first. She says she fell into the career. Her original plan was to be a nurse. She enlisted in the Army after high school and a year at Penn State. She was discharged due to an injury. And when she returned home, the fire department was hiring. She says she only planned on staying for five years. I was
2: going to do five years and, and leave five years, get my degree and, and lead the fire
0: department. But I guess the joke was on me. Uh, So instead of leaving in five years, within five years, I was promoted to lieutenant.
3: And then, I just kept kept going. In her 16 years with the department, she was later promoted to captain and now battalion chief. But before that, she earned the nickname Lionheart in the Fire Academy. For a woman in a male-dominated field and who was only 4 feet 10 inches tall, she says the message to other young girls is to always give all that you have. Anything that i ever done in life, I try to be the best. And so, Whatever a little girl is aspiring to be, just be your best. And Captain Forrest officially becomes a battalion chief, Forrest, in a ceremony on Tuesday. In West Philadelphia, Howard Monroe, CBS 3 Eyewitness News.
0: Now, that was um, in 19, excuse me, in 2020, when they were initially talking about her. She is currently already in the role And you know what, I was just thinking, and I don't know if TV exaggerates it, but I've actually, no, they don't, because I actually dated a firefighter before and I asked him about the weight of the equipment. And if I'm not mistaken, he said not only is it very heavy, you have to run with it, maybe have a person on you, if you're rescuing them from a fire with it. So you have to be very, very strong. And I guess if you see a 4'10", 99 pound woman i mean if you saw that in a man you would probably think how on earth can this little body handle all this equipment but i am so proud of her she proved them all wrong obviously 17 years later look where she is and i just have a feeling that she didn't spend her whole time at a desk she was a firefighter and she proved to them that she is able and that she will not only be able she will do it to the best of her ability that will be sufficient, not just because she's a woman but because she's a firefighter, and she is very inspirational to a whole lot of women, not just of color but all women and little girls. so I wanted to say bravo i am um, I really really am sorry, I didn't initially hear this uh This news. I try to catch everything, but I have so many great friends to give me stories. So, Miss Terry, shout out to you for giving me this story. I appreciate it. You know, Philadelphia is in my hometown of Pennsylvania, and I definitely, definitely want to always acknowledge local. People, and I mean local by Pennsylvanians and where I am now in Georgia, Georgians. So I just wanted to have a wonderful Women Wednesday where we celebrate two women, two young African-American, vibrant, motivating, inspirational women that are in uniform. And so this is just still another phase in their amazing career, in their life, and inspiration to so many women and little girls of all colors. And I just want to say thank you, ladies, for being strong. And as we used to say, those who are familiar with this will know what I mean. We used to sing the song, Young, Gifted, and Black. I know it's not Black History Month anymore, but as I always say, three, three 365 days and 366 during leap year, 24-7 is Black History to me. Because that's who I am. But, you know, this podcast is always about positivity. And yes, we are going to talk about other subjects, but there's so much negativity out there right now. I just want to keep doing as much uplifting. And we will talk about COVID and the stimulus package and all that in upcoming episodes. And Friday, I want to do something really wonderful for Fantastic Fellows Friday. And I want to talk about the upcoming movie that is coming on Friday on Amazon. And that is Coming to America 2. Coming to America was my all-time movie of all. I mean, I, in my theater room, in my room, I have a big poster of Eddie Murphy, and it's the biggest poster out of all the movie posters. Surrounded on B- each side by Black Panther, so I got to get to Coming to America two poster, obviously. But I am excited about that, and we are going to talk about that on Friday in the All Star Cast. So we'll call it Fantastic Fellas and Female Fun Friday, okay? So I'm going to close this episode out, and I want to tell you all I appreciate you for always listening. Please follow us on Twitter at AdvocacyLadies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. You can always reach us on email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com, all small letters. And you know you can always give us a call with any questions, comments, or subject matters you want us to talk about at 404-855-7723. And you know you can hit us up on all the podcast channels, Spotify, Apple iTunes. Google Play, Pandora, and Alexa, tune in. And, of course, Pot hit us up and put that notification on so that you will know when a fresh and new Monday, Wednesday, or Friday episode is released. And I want to remind you that until May 1st, I am not doing marvelous, motivating Mondays. I'm just taking a break, but it will be back starting May 1st, the first Monday in May. You will hear from me on that day. So, you know I like to end all my episodes with the favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening.